Breaking, coming to you live right now with some very interesting headlines. Um, unbelievable to me that the president of the United States would be looking to give billions of dollars, allegedly $9 billion to Gaza. Ten GOP senators are urging, urging the president, along with one lone Democrat, Chuck Schumer, to not give this $10 billion, nine. Gosh, darn it, I keep rounding up. Well, they, they, they gave him $100 million just the other day, so I guess we could call it $9.1 billion in humanitarian aid because it would be seen as, quote-unquote, a gift to Hamas. I got news for you guys, all right? This Palestinian Authority, they're the ones that came out the other day advocating to make sure that what? All the mullahs everywhere perpetuated this death to the Jews. And I, I can't say nonsense, just horror. It's horror. That's what it is. The Palestinian authority is no great shakes, okay? Until you actually deal with Islam itself and the sort of brainwashing that that religion has put. I'm sorry, there's probably some very good parts to it, but go ask Dr. Judy Zasser. He'll tell you because he's got a reformist version of it as an Islam a uh, member of Islam himself, as somebody who is very faithful, he's, he's, he's told us repeatedly how dangerous it really is for the world because there is no tolerance whatsoever for anyone else. Anyway, we're supposed to talk about these 82,000 emails. Hello, welcome to the program, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. This is a live show. So again, we do have some breaking news coming to us. If you haven't already subscribed, do me the favor, hit the subscribe button. I am Trish Regan. Portions of the show are sponsored, as always, by LegacyPMInvestments.com. You can go over to their website. You can call them at one 589 LegacyPMInvestments.com. They sell both gold and silver. And I know a lot of you are worried about inflation these days, understandably so. Lots of things to worry about, granted, with our economy and with our world, frankly, with our world. And so it's one reason, among others, that some people do seek out that diversification method to investing right now. So I'm not your financial advisor, but I am telling you, it's an interesting option to be able to look at that one 589 But let me get to some of the breaking news right now coming into us. Remember the anti-Semitic kid that was threatening a mass shooting at Cornell University? Cornell University turned over those threats to the FBI. The FBI opened an investigation. Well, now one student, I guess, there has been arrested. Kathy Hochschild, who's the governor of New York, had said, quote, law enforcement has identified a person of interest in relation to threats of a mass shooting and anti-Semitic violence at Cornell University. This individual is currently in New York State police custody for questioning. It's just been positively, absolutely vile, some of the things that we've seen. By the way, not just at Cornell, but at every every Ivy League university across the country. You get to start to ask yourself, what is it about these Ivy League schools where they're so smitten with LGBTQ, transgender stuff, BLM? I mean, if this were George Floyd, right? This is like the equivalent, effectively, when they, these kids did what they did at Harvard, the 30 groups coming out and saying that they stood with Israel because this was Israel, forgive me, Hamas because this was Israel's fault. There's another video that I don't want to show you, just disgusting, vile, vile student there in Cambridge that came to us just last night of him just saying horrific things, 
horrifically anti-Semitic things. Why are these things being tolerated? I want to know. Anyway, on Sunday, that New York Ivy League school, Cornell, they uh, they got some very threatening messages directed at their Jewish community, specifically within the kosher dining hall, because the, the students were gathered there and they were threatening these posts. They were threatening to shoot, unfortunately. This is tough. I can't even believe I'm saying these things. Jewish students on campus, others called for more graphic violence. A third said the Jewish Student Center should, like Israel, be eliminated altogether. I mean, there is some really, really violent and vile positions out there. We're going to get into it a little bit more because I want to play you some more sound. I I actually want to get to Alan Dershowitz, who's at Harvard University, on this. I want to talk about some of the things that Larry Summers has said. But before I do, again, welcome. If you haven't subscribed, do me that favor. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, well, the President of the United States and what's really going on with these 82,000 emails that they just found. I mean, could he be worse than Clinton? That would be hard to do, probably. But I don't know, 82,000? You're not even supposed to have these extra emails, these personal emails, when you're there in the White House serving as vice president? What the heck was he doing? Well, according to many House Republicans that are investigating all this on the House Accountability Committee, he's doing something, maybe quite a lot, might have been earning a lot of money, they think. We know at least his son was. That's for sure. But what about Joe? Here's here's what he'll tell you. Where's the money? I'm joking. Mr. President, Mr. President, a bunch of malarkey. Mr. President, what do you really, really, bunch of malarkey? Well, you know there are financial records that do seem to have your family very heavily involved, and then there's this little one, this little number, shall we call it, the two hundred thousand dollar check made out to Joe. From Sarah and James Biden, James Biden, one of the people of interest in all of this, because apparently he was like hooked up with Hunter and Devin and everyone else running Biden Inc. Biden Inc. In other words, an operation, a lobbying operation to help the president's family. I want to bring you some reporting, not my own. This is reporting coming to us from Daily Mail that is an exclusive. So this is specific to Daily Mail. They actually are alleging here in this report that Hunter Biden was billed that Hunter Biden was billed hundreds of dollars for mystery overseas calls made by Joe just days before the president received that $200,000 check. You know this one that I just showed you from his brother. And so according to this report, again, I'm, I'm citing the Daily Mail here. There was an AT&T email from February 2018 notifying Hunter Biden that more than $300 had been racked up in international charges on phones linked to Dad Joe. At the time of the foreign phone calls, Joe was still listed as a key, heart, key card holder for Hunter's shared office with his CEFC business partners in Washington, D.C., and the alert came just days before the president received $200,000 from his brother, James Biden, who got the funds from his health care business, AmeriCorps. So what they seem to be alleging here is a connection between the foreign phone calls and that $200,000 check. It says, again, I quote, the 2018 calls were made just before Joe received a $200,000 check from his brother, Jim Biden, 
money which Jim got from a healthcare firm he had allegedly promised investment from overseas secured by the Biden family influence, uh, quote unquote. So, you know, it's not entirely clear. I want to be careful with this. I will again cite them because they're saying how they have previously reported on emails revealing that Hunter was paying for Joe's phone line, plus over a dozen other unexplained lines, in addition to phones for his daughters costing at least $1,200 a month. Hunter also periodically, it said, used burner phones. It's, it's, It's all very, very, very strange. I mean, really, really. I mean, this is why you need the impeachment inquiry, frankly. This is why you got to start asking questions. I mean, were these phone calls and the $200,000 check somehow linked? Let's take a good look at that one again. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. But given some of these financial records that we have seen where, oh, well, look, we're looking at them right here. You know, they're wiring funds and they're wiring funds from, you know, this one from from Ukraine to Rosemont Seneca, from China to Rosemont Seneca. I mean, that's kind of appalling. And when you see that somebody has so many SARS violations, these are violations of pretty significant concern because if you have a SARS violation, it means your bank has actually taken their concerns, you know, the whole know thy customer thing. And, you know, you probably get a zillion phone calls from your bank every time you make a big deposit. Well, that's because they're trying to be super careful they go through a lot of legwork to make sure that everything is totally on the up and up. And then, you know, if it's coming in from overseas, they start to get worried, which is why it's sort of weird when you have that many SARS violations, some 70 plus SARS violations that Hunter Biden had, like it would be a weird thing to have one because that's when your bank. And in this case, you're talking about JP Morgan Chase, Bank of America, These were some of the six banks that reported this stuff to the U.S. Treasury Department. They were concerned enough that it went all the way to Treasury. Now, would we have ever known that in a zillion years? No, not unless James Comer at the Oversight Committee said, hey, we want this information, which we did deserve to get. So there are a lot, a lot, a lot of questions right now. And I know it's a story that we haven't been talking about as much because obviously there's a lot going on in the world, but nonetheless, pretty darn important. And I think we've got to figure out what these 82,000 emails really and truly were, right? I mean, 82,000. Think about that, you guys. (laughs) I mean, he was very busy. He was very, very busy. I mean, do you even write that it was, oh, well, it was over eight years, right? So let's you know, call it maybe 10,000 emails a year. So here's the deal. Once you become vice president of the United States, you're not really supposed to have a personal email. But um, he had multiple personal emails. This is all according to the National Archives Association, which found the 82,000 pages of emails because of the Freedom of Information FOIA request that was filed by the Southeastern Legal Foundation. And so all of this started to unravel here. You know, a lot of people are saying this is kind of shady. This is kind of weird. It's kind of bizarre because, again, they really discourage the use of private email for official business. And so once you're vice president, everything's kind of under a microscope. There were aliases such as Robert Peters, Robin Ware, J.R. Beware, among some others. And that's, well... Troubling. So, wow. (laughs) 
I mean, 82,000 pages of emails, and now somebody's going to have to go through them all. I think we got a, a good job for the, the interns on the House Oversight Committee, right? Somebody's going to have to go through all these because truly what what is at risk here is, frankly, the credibility of the United States. I mean, I don't even, I, I almost, can I say this as a patriot? I almost don't want to know. Don't want to know what could actually be there. Um, that That is really frightening to me because if we find out that indeed America was somehow in some way, shape, or form actually up for grabs, if what's being alleged, which is, let's be very frank with each other here, that there was a Ukrainian company that needed quote-unquote protection. According to the New York Times and the LA Times, oh, that's normal. It's normal to get protection from a family member or celebrity. Come on, that has access to the White House. Lovely. So maybe it's happened before. If so, I want to know. I want to know with whom. So you buy off access to POPs. That's what's being alleged. So the Ukrainian company Burisma that had a kind of shady guy running the place. And by the way, the company itself was super shady and kind of went down in flames, right? You get this natural gas company. They hire Biden Jr. That would be Hunter because, well, you need access. I mean, they certainly didn't hire him for his knowledge about the natural gas industry because he had none. This is somebody who got sent out of the military because of drug problems, okay? So this is somebody who's had a very, very sketchy, bad, shady, here comes that word again, shady past. So they hire him for a ton of money. I mean, like there's no board job in the world that pays you 600 grand a year, yet they were doing this. $83,000 a month, they hired his partner for another $83,000 a month, Devin Archer. And then somehow, suddenly, mysteriously, This investigation into Burisma, the shady company that needed to be investigated by Victor Shokin, what do you know happened? That investigation, poof, went away because Pops fired the lead investigator that would be Victor Shokin that was looking into Burisma. And then proudly told the whole world about it when he was at a CFR, Council on Foreign Relations event. I mean, you can't make it up. You can't. And this is why we need to get to the bottom of this. I want to see every email where Robert Peters is talking about Victor Shokin. I want to see the emails where he's talking about Burisma. I want to see all the emails to the sun. And I suspect, ladies and gentlemen, that this is going to be a huge problem. I mean, like, you know, they their heads are just being overloaded right now at the White House because there are actually some really serious things going on, including the fact that the president will soon be accused of some pretty bad stuff. I say bad stuff because it's bad for the country, right? Like we don't we don't necessarily want this, but we have to know this. We have to know the truth. And if he's innocent, then so be it. He's innocent, you know, because, hey, where's the money? Where's the money? I'm joking. Mr. President, I don't know about that. Meanwhile, he's up there. He's up there. He's up there. We know that. He's not that competent. It's been reported over and over again. I don't need to bore you with all those details. But I want to show you here Kamala Harris responding as a CBS reporter asks her about this. 
because here's the reality. I mean, there's old and there's old for your age. Joe Biden is very old for his age. He's allegedly now working out with some kind of, you know, physical therapist so that he can make it on the campaign trail. Everybody knows how he appears. It's probably why Gavin Newsom went over to China and started playing basketball. He he didn't know that he was going to just like mow down a kid when he did it. <laughs> Ooh, that was bad. Talking about ugly American, right? Mowing down the poor kid in China, showing off your fancy basketball skills there, Gavin. Anyway, Kamala Harris being asked about Joe's age again. Hear how she responds. I mean, when you have to say this, right? When you have to say this, it tells you in and of itself you got some issues. Well, first of all, I'm not going to engage in that hypothetical because Joe Biden is very much alive and running for re-election. So but you do are. know, I mean, that is a concern and, and a legitimate concern, I would say. I hear from a lot of different people a lot of different things. But let me just tell you, I'm focused on the job. I truly am. <laughs> yeah, which is why we got a border that uh, what, is wide open. Is that by design, Kamala? I do believe that that was your territory, right? You were supposed to handle the border situation. And yet, as we heard from Homeland Security today, Apparently, no one in the White House even knows how many people are here. Here is, I want you, I want you to hear this, guys. I, want you, I mean, this is stunning to me. This is stunning that our head of Homeland Security can't actually report on how many people may or may not have crossed into this country unknown to us in the past year or since Joe Biden has become president. I mean, this is kind of a concern right now, given what I'm also going to show you. Christopher Ray just said there on Capitol Hill today. But watch this, because Mayorkas is just pathetic. If you ask me, if he can't even just give a simple number, he's trying to give excuses. There are no excuses for this one. This is your job, buddy. You are head of Homeland Security. You ought to know exactly what's going on. Or maybe you do and you're too darn scared. Anyway, here is Senator Johnson asking him a a few choice questions about this. Mayorkas, he doesn't know anything. Don't know, don't know, don't know. Johnson knows. How many people has this administration let in by encountering, processing, dispersing, or that have come in as a known or, or unknown gotaway? What, what, approximately. I don't need an exact number. So what do we got? Senator, let me, let me, let me I, say. I need numbers. I, again, don't filibuster me. How many people has this administration let into the country? Let, let me say at the outset that uh, our job would be a lot easier if the broken immigration system was No, Mr. Secretary, I want a, a number. How many people have you let into this country? I, I should also How, uh, Okay, let, I'll, I'll give you the number. It's about six million. Six million. Six million people that you've let into this country. Why? Why? I mean, we're a country. Countries have borders. According to the latest statistics, as of October 1, we're now closing out the month here, so I'm sure these numbers are much larger. We had more than 100 known people on the terror watch list. I mean, that's who they're catching. So who aren't they catching? I mean, that's alarming, considering what Christopher Ray also communicated out the possibility that Hamas or another foreign terrorist organization may exploit the current conflict to conduct attacks here on our own soil. We have kept our sights on Hamas and have multiple 
ongoing investigations into individuals affiliated with that foreign terrorist organization. Well, I'm at least glad that he kept saying terrorist organization, terrorist organization, terrorist organization, because you know what? According to some people, including the lady who runs Harvard University. So apparently I went to high school with her. She was like a senior. I was a freshman. I do not remember her at all. She was sent over there from Saudi Arabia. Her parents, I'm told, um, were foreign Possibly Haitian-born. Don't quote me on any of this. I don't want to misspeak. Um, so, uh, but this is this is sort of the word uh, that I've heard. And so she was sent to to Exeter in New Hampshire. Very wonderful elite boarding school in New Hampshire. I was just a townie. I was just a day student. So I, you know, I wasn't the kid being sent from Saudi Arabia. She was. She went through four years of that education, which is why she ought to. Be smarter, frankly. Um, I, I think I got a great education there. I think it's changed a lot since I was there, but I would credit the place with really helping establish the importance of freedom of thought, et cetera, and yet also understanding some boundaries with respect to sensitivities. As I've said earlier, it would be as though, you know, suddenly you're going to have the KKK marching on you know, Harvard's campus and the kids are going to rally for that on the day that, that of George Floyd. I mean, that's, that's effectively the equivalent. You have 1400 victims that were mowed down, shot down. You have women that were raped by the way at Yale, at Yale, they're contesting that there was a a young woman who wrote an op-ed talking about how brutal Hamas is and how we have to sort of really stand up to this evilness and they took out portions of her editorial the Yale you know college paper and said well we can't print this because we don't believe this to be true I'm sorry guys you know what the IDF go look at the footage the IDF has it they were wearing little cameras when they went in it's real not to mention the stories I've personally heard personally heard of people that have lived those that made it in these kibbutzes. I mean, it's just disgusting. But you have all of this liberalism in college campuses right now. And the likes of Claudine Gay, you know, she this was her statement. Now she's trying to, it's, it's unbelievable. She's trying to backpedal, right? She's like, oh, okay, all right, I got to do something. Because guess what? I'm going to get fired. Yeah, they're going to fire your, you know what? I, I'm keeping it clean. <laughs> they're going to fire you. Just like they're going to fire the woman at University of Pennsylvania, as well as the guy who's the head of the trustees at University of Pennsylvania, as they should be fired because you know what? These places aren't doing enough. You know, Columbia University, I, I, I was so proud to see one of my friends who teaches at the journalism school. She came out with an Instagram post last night. She's Jewish and she she's horrified. Here she is. She's a journalist herself. She teaches at is an adjunct professor at the journalism school. And she's like, I just can't believe this. I mean, you've had other parts of the university come out and say how horrific this is. And yet Columbia Journalism still w- won't do it. I was Columbia undergrad. I didn't go to their journalism program. Um, journalism programs don't even get me started. <laughs> anyway, I was glad to see that she did that. But so many of these schools don't have the decency to really take this on. And now Harvard, 
is trying to trying to figure out what to do. What did I mean? She waited. Claudine Gay waited four days before even issuing a statement. It felt like a very Obama move, and then she was out with this one. Our university embraces a commitment to free expression. That commitment extends even to views that many of us find objectionable, even outrageous. Mm. We do not punish or sanction people for expressing such views. But that is a far cry for endorsing them. It's in the exercise of our freedom to speak that we reveal our characters and we reveal the character of our institution. We can issue public pronouncements declaring the rightness of our own points of view and vilify those who disagree. Or we can choose to talk and to listen with care and humility, to seek deeper understanding and to meet one another with compassion. We can inflame an already volatile situation on our campus or we can focus our attention where it belongs, on the unfolding tragedy thousands of miles away. We can ask ourselves how, as human beings, we can be helpful to people who are desperately trying okay, to protect all right. you themselves know, guys, I've had and enough. their families. I've had enough. People I've had who enough. are Have you had enough? I'm, I'm sick of Claudine. So she's like out there trying to spin it. She's freaking out because... Guess what? Every billionaire in town is taking their money. Bill Ackman, I like you now. I really do. Bill Ackman runs a big hedge fund, and uh, he, he, uh, he's an interesting character, shall we say. Bill Ackman is outraged, just outraged at all of this, as he should be. I mean, it's just been terrific to see the Leon Coopermans of the world who told who told Columbia, you know what? You can go to H-E-L-L. I've given you $50 billion and I'm not giving you any more. Take that, Columbia. Columbia, my own alma mater. I can proudly say I've never given them a dime. (laughs) Not one cent. So I don't have anything to regret there other than maybe just being disgusted in my school. Anyway, I want to point out, Claudine, she's freaking out. All the billionaires are pulling their money, as they should, and so now she's got a committee that she's assigning to examine anti-Semitism at Harvard University. Woohoo! Well, Alan Dershowitz, who's, you know, longtime Harvard guy, very interesting, interesting man, and, and one of the few, I think, in the legal scholarly positions you can truly trust. By the way, doesn't like Trump but is so for Trump in the sense that they're going after him, right? Left and right. He's got a, a book out. He was on the show a, a couple months ago. We'll get him back soon. But here he is on Newsmax, and he's talking to Greta Van Susteren, and I just want you to hear what he has to say about Harvard. Uh, the president's creating an advisory council to combat anti-Semitism. What in the world is that? How is that going to correct the atrocities we've seen on Harvard, the, the anti-Semitism? Well, it's going to correct only one thing. It's going to correct trying to get more Jewish donors to give money to Harvard. That's what she seems to care about. Statement only after Jewish donors threatened to cut off any funding. Let's Harvard. These kids who signed these statements, while people were still bleeding to death from the rapes and the murders, these are Hitler's youth. These are the same as the people who conducted Kristallnacht 85 years ago. Uh, next week. These are the same people who 
fought for the Ayatollahs to come to power. Students have been responsible for some of the worst bloodbaths and abuses in history. Stalin relied on children. Hitler relied on college students. Uh, there's no excuse. These are Hitler's youth. They're on the wrong side of Hitler. And the president of Harvard refuses to condemn them. She's now finally, after a lot of pressure, been willing to condemn Hamas, but she's not willing to condemn Hitler's youth among her students and among her faculty. And until she does that, I urge everybody to stop contributing to Harvard, to Yale, to the City University of New York, to the University of Pennsylvania. Send your contributions to decent organizations that know the difference between right and wrong. Yeah, because right, you know what? It okay. really is um, a difference I, between I know right been, and wrong. I mean, like, I'm person, telling you guys. I, I know from history. Uh, Greta, I love you, but <laughs> my turn. <laughs> anyway, listen, it is right versus wrong. You know, sometimes there's just good versus evil. The disgusting horror of what happened will never be forgotten. October 7th is a day that will live in infamy. And the idea that these Harvard students are being given any kind of oxygen to say, hey, you know what? <laughs> it's the victim's fault. I, I mean, like, what's happened to our logic? Up is down, down is up, left is right, right is left, uh, night is day, day is night, right? Now, in this case, it's the victim's fault. Israel's fault. Oh, you know, she was just wearing too short a skirt. She deserved it. Come on. What has happened to our youth? What has happened to our country? Because it's not just Harvard. It's all these Ivy League schools. What has happened? And it's not just the Ivy League. Guys, they're doing this in the local schools, okay? This, okay, let's, let's, what's your gender today? And kids are sitting there going, wow, like, ooh, hadn't thought of that one before. And they want you to think about this. And they want you to go down these weird tunnels as a little kid and tie you in knots and circles and circles. All so that, you know, on the off chance that the 0.001% of the population that probably is struggling with some mental health issues and we feel very sorry for them, all because maybe they think they are born in, you know, in another gender so that they feel better about themselves now you're causing all kinds of other problems. Now, suddenly, suddenly we're willing to say that, you know, what? Like Hitler was right? That's what these kids are saying. Go look at Hamas's charter. Go look at what the Palestinian Authority said in their publication, how, what all the mullahs around the world should be preaching. I mean, this is bad, but we've lost all sense of who we are. And let me just remind you, I love this woman, Camille Paglia. She's like so left, she's right. I've played you some of this song before. This is from 2015. And she's talking about what happens to civilizations when they fully lose faith in themselves, which is exactly where we are, where we cannot stand up for what is right versus what is wrong. Where we're like, oh, you know, let the kids talk like that. I mean, you can't put out a Trump sign. No, 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 that's hate speech. But you can condone the murdering of 1,400 innocent people? Come on, here's Camille Padley. I want you to see this. Proof of that. But now I began my, all my studies, my, my book Sexual Personae began as a dissertation at Yale, uh, graduate school, on androgyny. I've always been fascinated, attracted to, you know, to the subject of androgyny, uh, and, and that's what, what sexual personae is. I explored it in history. But the, the more I explored it, I realized that, um, that historically, 
this, uh, this, uh, the movement toward androgyny occurs in late phases of culture, okay, as a, as a civilization is starting to uh, unravel, okay, and that, that you can find it again and again and again through history in the in, in the in the Greek art, okay, you can you can see it happening. All of a sudden, okay, there's a, there's a kind of uh, you know the, the the sculptures of of um, of uh, handsome nude young men athletes that used to be very robust, okay, in the archaic period suddenly begin to seem like wet noodles, okay, toward the end, okay, and, then, uh, and that and that the people who 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 live in such periods, a late phase of culture, whether it's, it's the Hellenistic era, whether it's the Roman Empire, whether it's, it's uh, the Mauve decade of Oscar Wilde in the 1890s, whether it's Weimar Germany, people who live at such times, okay, feel that um, they're very sophisticated, they're very cosmopolitan, okay, and homosexuality, heterosexuality, so what, anything goes, and so on, All right, and so, and but, but we, from the perspective of, of historical distance, okay, you can see that it's a culture that no longer believes in itself, okay, and then, and, and then what you, what you invariably get are, are, you know, are, are, are people who are convinced of the power of heroic masculinity, okay, on the edges, whether they're the Vandals and the Huns, okay, or whether, or whether they're the barbarians of ISIS, Okay, you see them, you know. I'm just typing to you guys in the group chat. So forgive me. Yes, there it came through a culture that no longer believes in itself. You heard her, Camille Paglia, say that. I mean, and and then what happens? Go through history. It's the Huns. It's, you know, or something like in modern day ISIS. What is this actually really coming to fruition here? We have Hamas which has been called ISIS on steroids that's taken over and somehow we're supposed to bow to them. Somehow we have to adapt to their culture, a culture that doesn't value women, a culture that thinks, hey, you know, you can have 90 wives, a culture that thinks that if you, if you wear a miniskirt, you deserve to get stoned to death, raped. Really? Like that, that's what we're going to be okay with? I mean, that's what you heard what she said. I mean, she said that in 2015. That's where we're at risk of, ladies and gentlemen, okay? And the Harvard kids are fine with it. And so is Yale and Columbia and Stanford and Cornell. So this is the trickle-down effect. I am so proud of all of the wealthy Jews in America, these billionaires, right? Oh, and did you see Huntsman too? Abby Huntsman used to work with me over at uh, Fox. And John Huntsman is her father. He was a former, by the way, ambassador to China and to Russia. So I, I bet they have some interesting dinner conversations. <laughs> anyway, um, that's interesting. Hey, Dad, you know, what do you think about China on this one? I, 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 he, he's pulling his money, and that's a lot of big oil money and uh, plenty of others. Right, they're all pulling the money out of UPenn, out of Harvard, out of Cornell, out of Columbia. Yes, thank you, because I think that's what it's going to take up. Now we hate to say we told you so, right? But I think a lot of us we saw this one coming. CRT, DEI, Black Lives Matter. It's all about the oppressor and the oppressed, and as far as they're concerned. America's the enemy, Israel's the enemy, and anybody who's not black or brown, and by the way, then you get into some, some variations, right, because they're not exactly what you call pro-Asian, Asians are a minority, they're not pro-Indians, right, Asian, you might say, well, they're brown, but no, 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 because you have to be a very specific type 
in order to qualify as the kind of minority that they believe fits with their narrative and everybody else, you know what? You got to bow down and kiss the ring. You've got to apologize for being born who you are. You got to apologize for your skin color. And you know what? That really, really makes me mad. And it makes me sad. It makes me sad for our future, for our children's future. Because you know what? Our kids, they certainly don't deserve this. They don't. I'm looking for a soundbite that I I just want to play before we go out to some of our conversation because this needs to be heard over and over and over again. Because if you really want to get rid of racism, this is the way, ladies and gentlemen, that you need to do it. You need to remember full on what we're really here for and about, right? Like this is why I think church, community, love, a nuclear family, all of these things are so darn important, really important. And here I am trying to find this for you. I may not be able to, in which case I'm just going to say it. I may just have to say it, but it's so much more powerful to hear. Okay, darn it. Tomorrow. I was just going to play the Martin Luther King Jr. soundbite. I have a dream, right? Don't we? Shouldn't that be what we want? Where the color of your skin really and truly doesn't matter? These people want to make it all about color. I'm so sorry for all the students on college campuses right now, the Jewish kids that feel so threatened. My heart goes out to them. My heart goes out to Israel right now. Anyway, thank you. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Mike O'Donnell, happy Halloween to you, too. I'm debating about my costume. I use, I, I, I keep, I can't go with Wonder Woman anymore. Not after Linda Carter said all that stuff. I got a little clip coming out on that. I'll show you guys later. <laughs> can't go, I, I want to go as Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's out. I've got my Catwoman thing. Like, that's like a good stable. So, you know, if, if, if I need to pull that one out, I can. But, but I get this cute little, like, snow girl costume too. So we'll see. I still have time. I'm going to walk the kids around and do a little trick-or-treating. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. Guy, it's good to see you here. He did have a dream. I agree. Herbert, good to have you here today. Daryl, Craig, all of you. I see so many familiar. Don, thank you for all your hard work. Don Baca is like taking it on personally to make sure that this channel grows. So Don, thank you for all your help in terms of getting the likes up there, getting the shares up there and telling all your friends. It means a lot to me. And um, I, I hope it means something to a bigger community of people. Look, we're building step by step every single day. Thank you so much to all you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to go. I put it at the very, very top the the podcast, if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts, it's all free. I'd love to have you there as well. The audio show comes out every single day, and I'll see you very soon. Tomorrow, in fact, and a little bit more here on the show today. I, you know, it's, it's not live, but we'll have a few clips that you might want to see. Thanks.